Welcome to kind of a fall start of ministry here on a beautiful fall day. Uh, our children's ministry is starting as well. If you have children and you'd like to send them up to the great room upstairs, you're welcome to do that. Most of them are there already, but if you are here and would like your children to go, you're welcome to do so. I invite you to uh, take your Bible this morning, uh, turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Our service is a little different this morning because we have child dedication and we have baptism, so the order of worship might be just a little bit different on us. So I'm going to launch right into the message this morning as we think about a childlike faith. I, uh, I check Facebook occasionally just to see what everybody's up to, and uh, it's a good way to, just to find out where, what your congregation is uh, doing for many of them. And last week, I smiled at the insightfulness of a little boy who had a terrific response to uh, his mom. In fact, one of the moms here this morning. Uh, I asked the mom if I might share this, and she said, no problem. So here's what the mom writes. She said, I was taking my son uh, for a bike ride and said to him, I can't believe how quickly you are growing up and you're moving into grade one. Next week. And Michael looked at me with his big brown eyes and said, Mommy, I'll always be your little boy. Mommy, I'll always be your little boy. He figured out in a nanosecond that this was mostly about mom. Feeling the loss of him growing up so quickly. Mom, I'll always be your little boy. And it's precisely the point that I want to communicate this morning. Because I hope all of us, in our own way, with our own thoughts and our own language, will somehow be able to say to our Heavenly Father and to our Savior, I'll always be your little boy or your little girl or your child. Regardless of how I grow and I change through the years, I will never forget from whence I've come. And in my heart of hearts, I will always be your child. Uh, I was just a child when I took my first step in the kingdom. It was a wonderful first step. It was so clear in my mind, so distinct, even to this day. But since then, there's been a lot of water under the bridge. High school, university, seminary, further studies, churches, theological issues, complex relational issues, transitions, and a much more sophisticated world that we live in today. But in the trek through the years, I've come to appreciate that the part of the relationship with Jesus Christ that is vital and sustaining is the reality of staying young, forever young, in our faith perspective. I will always be your little boy, Father. I will always be your child, Jesus. And uh, vitality is maintained by not growing up on God. Growing in God but not growing up on God. Not feeling that somehow we have outgrown our simple faith and we climb up to a new, new level where we're on this plateau with God or we've lost some of that simple childlike faith. So join me uh, this morning in a brief word scan of uh, Mark chapter 10, uh, verses 13 to 16. Four intriguing verses that I hope will remind us of how treasured it is to stay in the groove through life. The groove of being childlike in our faith. And as you grow older and wiser and more sophisticated, 
Do you lose the groove or does the groove get even deeper? Does your humility grow as you walk with the Savior? One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. First of all, I want to say that children are high on Jesus' priority list. Parents brought their children to see Jesus. Parents were impressed with Jesus. After all, he was a pretty famous guy at this point. And he was appreciated. He was kind and generous and gracious. And he healed and he taught about the kingdom. And Jesus won their trust. And parents were very excited for their children to meet Jesus. It would mean so much for Jesus to come along and to touch them. And to bless them. They were their kids. You know, whenever you care for our kids, whatever age in life, whenever you care for our kids, you not only bless the kids... You bless the parents. I recall a few months ago that the new pope was back in his homeland. Suddenly his pope vehicle got stuck in the the gridlock in Buenos Aires. And because the traffic wasn't flowing, it gave one dad enough time to take his little baby to the pope in his vehicle. And we have a picture. I don't really have it with me this morning, but we have a picture of the pope kissing the little baby. And the message being sent is that Pope Francis values children. The disciples weren't on the same page as as Jesus. They had a sense that children weren't high on the priority list for Jesus. They made an assumption. So they scolded the parents. Give the man a break. Give the man a break. He's tired. He's busy. He's got a full schedule. He's got important things on, on his mind. Why are you bothering him? The scripture says, but the disciples scolded the parents For bothering him. Interesting that they needed to learn the value of children. Now, if the disciples had been observing princes or royalty or the governor and and they wanted to talk to Jesus, I think they'd have have made an exception. Say, he's not too busy. You're welcome. He'd be glad to see you. But when children came, they said, don't bother him. He's busy. He's tired. He has more important things. Isn't that a blessing, even today, that Jesus doesn't see it that way? Presidents and prime ministers and all those leaders at the G20 and MLAs and MPs and congressmen and women and hockey players and football players and movie stars, celebrities, are not more important than Jesus, than than children. We sometimes say, well, wouldn't it be wonderful if that person became a Christian? And of course it would, but it would be just as wonderful if the person who lives next door to you on your street came to Christ, or the person who works at the next desk comes to Christ, or friends, the children up in the great room, right on this very day, that some of them would bow their little hearts and heads and say yes to Jesus Christ. What does Jesus say? For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Look at verse 15. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then there's the parallel passage in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 2 and 3. Listen to these words. 
Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And now listen to verse 5. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Saw that in a new light this week. And anyone who welcomes a, l- a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Doesn't it remind you of Matthew 25 when Jesus responds to the question, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? And he says, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Did you catch the impact of children? And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is really welcoming me. When you welcome a child, your own children, when you bless a child, you bless Jesus. Wowzers. High value on children. High value on children. And friends, what's happening upstairs right now and also in our nursery over here, is huge. The Lord has blessed us with 150 children from nursery to grade 6. And Jesus is being welcomed. Jesus is being honored when we value these children. Jesus is being valued. This is not just a tag-on ministry. Well, we've got to do something with the kids, so we better get a program together. No, this is high on the priority list for Jesus and for us. And he is moving and he is touching and blessing little lives up there just as he is here. And so today I just want to honor what's happening in our children's ministry. And thank God for you parents. Thank God for all the parents who are volunteering and serving. Boy, it takes a, it takes a lot. Uh, you're bringing your children to Jesus so he can touch them so he can bless them, and their lives will be forever shaped by these years. And many of them will look back to the experiences they had here, and they will always say, that was a a defining moment, that was a turning point. And children, as you well know, have so much to teach us as adults. And I want you to look at verse 15 again in Mark 10. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God... (coughs) Like a child, will never enter it. Now, uh, Jesus doesn't mean that we're to become childish or we're to become immature, but rather he wants us to learn some truths from our kids. And the first one is that our children have a built-in propensity to believe God and to trust him. And when our children are young, they look at creation and they say, Daddy, Mommy, who made that tree? How did that get there? Last night, did you look at that beautiful sunset? Awesome. And our little grandchildren looked out there, and I just said, who made that? And it was instantaneous. Jesus? God? They knew somebody made it, because they don't see any one of us making sunsets. They don't see any one of us making stars or moons or grass or trees or mountains. They just believe Their little hearts and minds, they get that. Somebody bigger. 
It's only as we get a little older and a little more sophisticated that we have a little difficulty believing in God. We hear stories that it happened by chance, it happened by accident, and we hear that at, and at whatever age, we have to work all that through. And, and we have to process that. And that's all good. I remember sitting in seminary and, and knowing how hard some students had to wrestle with who God is and how he has revealed himself to us. Lots of grappling. So grappling is good and questioning is good. But our sophistication can lead us to say, Yes, I believe in God, but I don't know if he can do all that you say he can do. I don't know if he, he can do all those miracles. I can't believe all the things that I read in the Bible. I mean, that's impossible. But that's the point about God, that he can do the impossible because he is God. In spite of our wrestling, and I know that some people have to wrestle more than others, but I hope we always have a childlike faith that admits our limitations, that admits our, our, our lack of understanding, and humbly before a sovereign God says, Father, you're so much bigger than I. Who am I to say how it is? I'm your creation, and you are the creator, and I trust you. Secondly, our children have tender hearts. We learn that from our kids. When our kids are little, they're generally very sensitive. If we ever said to them, I am so disappointed in you. Those little eyes would fill with tears. And how important to learn that when we're young and to carry that with us all of our lives. A sensitivity to God. If there's any sense that we've disappointed Jesus, that immediately our eyes would fill with tears and we would say, Lord, I'm sorry. The last thing I want to do on this planet is to hurt your heart. Children have tender hearts, and may we never lose it. Thirdly, our children accept authority. We learn that from our children. The older we get, the less inclined we are to want authority in our lives. Unless we have come to appreciate authority. Unless we have seen the value of authority. When our children are small, they know who's in charge, and they respect authority. Yes, sometimes they want to pull back from it, all of us know that. But wise parents help them to understand authority. Sometimes it's a word of correction. My mom always used to tell me about her mom. I think I heard the story 50 times. That she would, her, her mom would just have to put up the finger like that. And they had eight kids. And, 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 and grandma would just put up the finger just ever so gently. And mom said, everybody knew the end of the line. No more after that. Just that little finger to, to, as the sign of authority. It's wonderful to grow up appreciating authority. But when we come to Christ, we're also under authority. And I don't mean that to have a negative feel to it or that we chafe under it. No, it's the Lordship of Jesus Christ that I speak of. You are the Lord of my life. And I give you my all. I give you my long obedience I give you my heart. If you learn well the submission of the heart to Jesus Christ, you will be amazed at how this impacts your whole life. Have you discovered the joy of the submitted life? The heart that says, every day, Lord, every day, it's all yours. 
And then finally, our children can hear and respond to the whispers of the Spirit of God. Mark's been reading a book this summer called Children and the Supernatural. And it's a collection of stories. It's a great book. I, I've just kind of looked at it, but I've been hearing Mark talk about it. And a marvelous story out of Kenya. A little boy was orphaned. And he had no one in life. And he moved out of the village a few miles. And surprisingly, amazingly, he survived in his environment. And Jesus came to him in a dream and introduced himself and told the little boy that he would be okay. And later when missionaries came to that region, people were skeptical of these missionaries as they talked about Jesus. But this little boy said, I have met Jesus. I know who he is. And these missionaries are okay. They're safe. I just want to learn more about him. Our own children are hearing the voice of God. They're hearing the voice of God this morning. Pay attention to their journey. And you will see that Jesus is at work in their lives. Just like he was in your life when you were young. Children hear the voice of God. And they respond. And they come to Jesus. And they receive his love and forgiveness. It happens in our home. It happens at camp. It happens in children's ministry. It happened a couple of weeks ago at the soccer camp and so on. Our prayer is that through your ministry, parents at TCC, and the ministry of this church, the children will know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. And what can we do? We can pray. Pray. Pray for these children who are going to be dedicated this morning. Pray for these adults who are going to be baptized uh, this morning. And they come with a childlike faith. They come humbly. That, not like we got it all together, but they come humbly. And pray that like little Michael, they will say, I'll always be your little boy. But more so, at whatever age we are, Jesus, I'll always be your child. I'll always have a childlike perspective. I'll always bow my knee to you.